Sinners Dip, it's a series, series is sponsored by the Saka family in loving memory of the patriarch of the family, Joseph Saka, on his 50th year at site. Just want to finish the discussion from last night before we move on with the next Pasuk in Shema. And that was, how can the Torah promise us a reward? How can the Torah tell us it's going to rain, your field's going to grow, your animals will be satisfied, you're going to promulgate? How can the Torah promise a reward? What happened to Schar Mitzvah Baha'i we don't reap reward in this world. The reward is reserved for the world to come. Moreover, the Mishnah Pirkei Avos tells us, Don't live life in this world on condition. Don't say, I'll do the right thing because I want to be rewarded. I'll do mitzvahs if you make me rich, make me healthy, give me children, let me have nachas. And the reason I'm not doing averos, the whole reason that I'm not violating boundaries we're violating what God tells me not to. I don't want to get struck by lightning. I don't want to lose my wealth. I don't want to lose my health. Don't serve for that reason. So how could it be that the second paragraph of Shema, I'm going to make it rain, your field's going to grow, it's going to blossom, flourish. What's going on? So last night we mentioned the Rambam says that the truth is God does not give rewards in this world. All he does is remove the impediments. So, if you're living a righteous, virtuous life, God will remove the obstacles and impediments to living that life. He wants to encourage it. He wants to elevate it. He wants to support it. So, what are the impediments? If you have no food to eat, it's hard to be a righteous. Uh, it's hard to live a righteous life when you're distracted by how you're going to pay for the next bill or put the next meal on the table. So, therefore, He gives us livelihood. He gives us health, and so on and so forth. The Ibn Ezra has an altogether different approach. And the Ibn Ezra says that the truth is, the truth is that the rewards of the world to come, they're beyond, they're esoteric, they're mystical. We don't understand them. We have no access to them. We've never experienced them. So the reason the Torah doesn't include them, in fact, nowhere in the Torah does it talk about the reward in the world to come. And the reason is because we're simply incapable of understanding it. The Abar Benel says something much more fundamental that speaks to me. Says the Ibar Benel, you know why the Torah never explicitly addresses reward and punishment? Why the Torah doesn't tell us about what life is like in the afterworld, in the world to come? What happens when we're there? What does reward feel like? You know, most people, when they picture Gan Eden, when they picture Olam Abba, they picture palm trees and pina colada. They picture Boca. So, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Count your blessings. We're already here. Though it's frigidly cold right now. What is it, like 70 degrees? It's not easy. Everybody hold on tight. So the world to come, the reason the Torah doesn't address it, says the Abar Benel, is because it's none of your business. It doesn't matter. It's not important. What matters is who we are and how we live here and now in this world. What will happen after? We'll find out when we get there. But all we need to focus on, all we need to consider, is who we're meant to be and how we're meant to live right now. Don't be kind and nice and honest and good and uh, gracious because it's going to earn you some reward, reward in a world we don't yet know. Do it because it's the right thing to do right now. Do mitzvahs because they're the roadmap for how to live most meaningfully right now. Shabbos and the discipline of kosher and honesty in business and all the deeper meaning, the panemius of the mitzvahs, they're not about earning a place in the world to come. They're about right now. So the truth is, the reward of the next world we don't even know what it is. We haven't experienced it. And it's not what should be driving or inspiring or informing what we do right now. Torah is not about the heavens and it's not about the afterlife and it's not about the world to come. Torah is our compass. 
It's our roadmap. It's our formula. It's our blueprint for how to live in the here and now, how to live in this world. So what's the Torah's promise? The second paragraph of Shema. I'm going to make it rain. It's going to blossom and flourish. You're going to have plenty to eat. Your animals are going to be fat and satisfied. Isn't that reward in this world? Where does that come in? So the answer is no. The reward is in the world to come and we frankly know nothing about it. That, it's an incentive. It's a motivation. It's a very low level motivation. It's what the Gemara Psachim Dafnun would say, If you think, if we believe that we'll live a richer, more meaningful uh, will be rewarded here and now, it'll be a motivator. For that reason alone is a reason to include it. But the true reward, the authentic reward, is in the world to come. It doesn't concern us. What concerns us is the next decision for here and now, is the next part of our lifestyle of who we're meant to be in this world. What will happen in the next world? We're going to find out. Hopefully not before 120. Hopefully not for a long time. When we get there, we'll find out. The next pasuk, just begin it for a moment. I'll put grass in your field for your cattle. You're going to eat and you're going to be satisfied. Is going on the animals? It's going on you? If it's going on you, why does it come after the animals? So we'll unpack this pasuk more tomorrow night, but just to begin, the Gemara Brochus Daf Mem tells us that we learn, Zichru perked up, what do we learn from this Pasuk? That there's a prohibition. You're not allowed to eat before you feed your animal. Even though we don't worship animals. This is not a Tvar Torah sponsored by PETA. We believe that animals are here to serve us. Serve us dinner, serve us on the couch or the, or the chair of your car or the shoes you're wearing or the belt that you're wearing. Animals are not, we're not here to serve them. They're here to serve us. But Torah cautions us to be sensitive and loving, to be mindful you're not allowed to cause pain to an animal. And so included in that is the fact that we have to feed our animals before we ourselves indulge in eating. And we learn that from this Pasuk. First Hashem places food in the field for the animal. Then then you can eat and be satisfied. Before you sit down to dinner, you better fill, fill up the dog bowl or the cat bowl or the hamster bowl or the, or the iguana bowl or whatever bowl that you have. Before you indulge in eating dinner, show Hashem's other creatures we care about them. Not because we serve animals, and animals have a lower level soul than a human, but we're cultivating and conditioning within ourselves a sensitivity, a love, and a kindness. Now, do you have to die? If you need to eat because you haven't eaten in three days, and now it's a choice between feeding Fido or eating dinner yourself, do you have to risk your life? So Rav Chaim says, says Rav Chaim Kanievsky, no, that's the Pasuk, V'yachalta V'savata. Svia, eating to the point of being satisfied and satiated, that you can only do after you fed the, the animal first. But eating something in order to survive yourself, you could take a nibble, you could take a bite, not of the dog food, of your own food, before you feed the animal. In order to be able to survive, you could take care of yourself first. But to be satisfied, to indulge, to really enjoy, you have to feed the animal before yourself because we are meant to be godly and godlike and to care about every creature of Hashem.